This is To The Point. A Rhino Experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up to the point, listeners? It's your boy, Santa Chris. Is that weird? (laughs) (laughs) Go with it. Not Santa Claus, Santa Chris. See what I did there? Uh, yeah, that didn't work. Anyway, hey, what's up? Host to the Point Home Services podcast. If you're listening for the first time, I promise you it gets better. <laughs> Everybody who is listening, who always listens, man, I appreciate you so much. Tis the season, and I am grateful for you. So thank you so much. I'm excited for this episode today. It is December 13th. My littlest, my littlest Yano's birthday is in two days. She's going to be eight. Her name's Fallon. So shout out to Fallon because I know she just loves this podcast. It's her favorite. She probably down listens to it. She Happy know, birthday, Fallon. She doesn't even know what a podcast is. But one day, now we've got it documented. So Matt, dude, I'm so excited to have you on here today. What's up? We're going to have a good time. You know what? Speaking of good times, um, just this, uh, actually, when we recorded this podcast, it was December 6th. So I had just come off of a concert that was in Phoenix, dude. And because I'm 43 years old, you're going to appreciate this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, buddy. So it was Nelly. So Nelly was at the was headlining the concert. But it wasn't just Nelly. It was Ja Rule, who was like, I didn't even know he was still alive. Yeah, Ja Rule was awesome. It was Lil John. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got all the classics. Yeah, man. Ashanti was there. Ying Yang Twins. Chingy, remember Chingy? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Jay, like, dude, it was a cool little like group of people. It was such a good time. And uh, and then since it's December thirteenth, as this podcast is airing, Nelly just played our Rhino Christmas party. So it was cool to bring him in for a private, he was our private guest this year. So the last year was, was Flo Rida. And then the year before that was Coolio, Tone Loke and Young MC. I remember seeing that on Facebook. Yeah, buddy. So, um, I love that stuff, man. And like, listen, I'm a sucker for cornrows. So are you, we we came from the country, man. You're right. You're a little different. You're from, you were, you're from Elwood, is that where you came yeah. from? Which yeah, is small little farm community. Middle of nowhere, just like I'm from the middle of nowhere in Indiana. We're just a couple of small town boys from Indiana. Indiana boys on an Indiana night. Close friend. <laughs> I'm going to try it again. We're just a couple of small town boys from Indiana. With the Indiana boys on an Indiana night. Hey, just so you know, you missed both those cues today. You missed both of them. Yeah, it's 100% true. So just so you guys know, listening, <laughs> producer Ryan messed up both those audio cues today. I'm actually going to show him right here. There you go. So wave and say, I'm sorry, everybody. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> there you go. Hey, tis the season. I forgive you. Um, but listen, we're just a couple small town boys. And here we are all these years later because you and I actually met back in 2010, I believe it was. And yeah. we were working for Habegger. Yep. Um, and... I think you were like, you had just started th- in Habegger then too. And I was only about yeah. a ye- two, this is my, really my first full year into working with the distributors and doing all the dealer meetings and all those things yep. in the HVAC space, man. But now it's 2022, almost 2023. Look at us. We've grown Look up. Look at us. Just a couple of wet behind the ear. Who's your boys? Getting right. her done. Well, listen, I'm excited to tell your story. I know that you've kind of been playing in this, you know, I'm, I'm in the digital marketing space. You've been in, you've, you've been in it about as long as me too. Like, cause remember having mm-hmm. conversations when we first met, that was like one of the things that connected the two of us. Oh, absolutely. And then, um, 
you know, there was that point in time and I, I have to, I want to say it on the air. I had an opportunity. I had an opportunity to bring Matt on board and, at, at Rhino and, and I, and I missed that opportunity. So damn you. Damn you for you taking the podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, timing. it's so cool. Timing's the timing man. was like off by like a year, maybe, but I knew better. I knew you're the right person. But that's because I say that out of respect because, you know, I, I know you know my world and you know, understand the trades really well. And I and the, the most important thing is I know your uh, your heart and your intent is really, really good and, and is the same as ours. So I love having you come on here and kind of sharing all that success. So this is kind of like my... Um, participation trophy I get for not bringing you on board. <laughs> I appreciate it. But listen, you know, I, I love it because mm-hmm. you and I do see eye to eye on a lot of things and we got the opportunity to speak together down in Atlanta, yep. uh, probably like a month or so ago, um, at a, um, Adam Barty, uh, mm-hmm. location. And we shared some of the same things. And I think you and I both know that 2023 is going to look a little bit different. Um, these, Absolutely. these past few years have, you know, have been really great for our industry in a lot of ways. And seen the birth of a lot of new companies in there. Like revenue's been good. Business has been really good. A lot of great things, but I think we're going to come back down from cloud nine and and get back to whatever normal is. I think that's what we're going to start to see. And so for our, for our listeners, Matt's like completely understands. It's going to have a lot of great takeaways. He's the vice president of brand experience at Mac service group, which wasn't called Mac service group back in the day that I remember. Cause I'm from the Indianapolis market and it was Williams comfort air, Mr. Plumber. And I had the luxury of working with them and Joe Huck and mm-hmm. Jacob and all of them yep. um, early on in my career, which was the whole other story. <laughs> that would be a great podcast. You can get Joe on, <laughs> get Joe on. That would be a quite an interesting podcast for sure. Such, I mean, he taught me a ton about the industry early on. So I'm grateful mm-hmm. for that, but let's go ahead and share with our listeners just a little bit of how you got in the trades. Like I said, I know you and I got to meet back in 2010 when you're working for a HVAC distributor, but tell the story, man, how'd you get in the trades? And then given that this is our trade marketing magic playbook part two, you know, you and I talked about ahead of time to really hit on the shoulder season. So that's kind of what you can yep. expect from this and maybe 2023 prep and prep across the digital landscape, branding, all the things. But first and foremost, Tom, what's up, man? How'd you get into trades? Yeah, totally. So I first love this space, love the people, so many genuine people always willing to help. And, and I think that's where, where we kind of connect and then connect with a, a bunch of other people in this industry. It's, it's just good people. Right. Um, but how I got here started with Habegger right out of, right out of college, um, started on their e-commerce team, ended up moving into a territory manager position for carrier did that for a little while, but I, I, I know my passion is more on the marketing side of it. And, and, and really what I could see from a technology perspective and, and went to work for, so I left Habegger, went to work for HVAC.com at the time uh, and t- turned into contractor commerce as we know it today. Uh, started there, helped help Will there build that up. Um, well, but you know, then I had e-commerce experience. I had the distributor experience. Now it's like, now I want to try the contracting side. I want I want to work for for a contractor. So I actually went to work for a smaller regional uh, shop that had a location in Cincinnati and Lexington, Kentucky. Um, worked for them as director of sales and marketing there for a couple of years, and, and felt called to be make my way back home to to Indiana as we <laughs> as we talked about earlier. Um, you know, some life, life shit happened, yep. right? My dad passed away. There were just a series of events. I was like, you know what? This, this, 
I need to get back to family, right? Yeah. I, I want to, I, I want my, my kids to be able to experience what I experienced growing up being close to family. So my wife and I moved back here, actually worked for a marketing agency uh, that focused on the trade specifically in Indianapolis, um, or that, that was located in Indianapolis as vice president of, of marketing. Uh, and I was there for a couple of years and then kind of got, uh, had the the ability to come on here at at Max Service Group, uh, you know Williams Comfort Air, Mister Plumber, Jarbos, Thomas Galbraith, Buckeye, yeah. uh, all the different brands that we operate into our our different cities. Uh, but had the opportunity to come back here first, started just primarily focusing on the digital side of it, and then moved into the the director of marketing position and now uh, VP of of brand experience as we've kind of reorged and reshuffled some things around. So uh, here at the company currently today. Uh, basically, things that happen before it gets to operations reports uh, reports through me or my team. Uh, so call center, dispatch, um, you know, obviously the marketing side of a, the follow-ups, uh, all that fun stuff. And, and I think that just gives some clarity. I, I do want to point that out, not you know from. Uh, from a perspective of when I answer some of these questions, I may bring up like, Hey, and this is why I look at it this way, because I think it's very important for every company to know a, what size the company is that they're, that the person talking is, is from. So we're, we're at about 550 employees across. Well, we are at 550. I can't just say, you know, <laughs> we don't make them up. Uh, we've got 550 employees across our, our four metropolitan cities that we serve. Um, and, and so that's kind of where some of our answers come from, but I've got, got experience down to an $8 million shop. So, and working with a sub with a ton of smaller ones through distribution side, but that's my journey, man. That's, yeah. that's how we got here. That's how you and I became uh, connected early on. And, and here we are today. I know. I think what I love about this is you, you've got like all the perspectives that you can, that you need because you've been on the distribution side, you've been on the contractor side, you've been like, so you've done all the, you've, you've got all these different views into it, which is what I think makes you so valuable and unique is that you do have all that experience and you've got a lot of success with the experience. So it's not like you just tried and like you've gotten right. good success with it. So you do under, so even though max service group is, is huge and massive, you didn't lose perspective of what it's like to be like no. you said, $8 million shop who's doing different things because you have different circumstances or whatever it is, but it's also a different world. You know? So Absolutely. Um, the interesting part about all this is, you know, for our listeners is, you know, people start to like, you know how it is. Like when, when, if you start talking about marketing or even digital, you know, you know what's something that's interesting is I was at a, I was at a dinner the other night and I'm sitting at a table with a lot of incredibly successful people in the roofing industry. Um, and we're having big yep. conversations and they're tapping into me saying, Hey, what is HVAC doing? What's HVAC? Like, what's the differences? What are the tech schools doing? Because it's way behind The roofing yep. industry is way behind. And I found myself when they were introducing me to like some of these big, big, big players and big industry organization um, leaders, like the CEO of like these big organizations. You're right. I felt awkward that they were saying, "Oh, he's a digital marketing agency." I shouldn't have felt awkward like that. You know what I'm saying? Because you, know right. you know how it almost feels like, "Oh God, is this guy gonna you know pitch me or what?" Oh, we're dirty. You know, it was it just felt weird, and I was like, "I gotta change, figure out how to change that narrative because I'm not that guy." So immediately I go into well, I need to show that I, I know my stuff. I'm not like some sales guy. Yep. Thankfully they asked me all the right questions. And because this industry <laughs> is a little bit further than that one, it was really easy to, 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 you know, to kind of set the stage quickly. Right. Um, but the reality is, is like, 
you, you as the listeners got to pay attention to this stuff. It's so incredibly important. And especially going into 2023 that you have to do something and doing nothing is no longer an option. Like you've got to do something. You can only get by for, for so long. So given the volume of experience you have, you've done so much speaking. I mean, you, you can Google Matt Tyner and you're going to find not just his mugshot, but also his, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not just his mugshot. Um, but you're going to find really any, one time you've done. It was that one time and I didn't do it, but not guilty. Um, the, you'll find him pretty much ever. He's done a bunch of different episodes with service Titan and other podcasts and things like that. So it always has great content, but but from your perspective, Matt, like what's the number one thing, like the most important thing from a brand, you know, or marketing perspective that these contractors have to pay attention to in 2023? Like the one thing that stands out to you, maybe the like the battle cry that you guys have at Max Service Group going into to next year. And 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 because you mentioned size, um, there's still some of yep. those like things that are that are regardless yep. of size, you know, that you can yep. that, you know, that you could share with all of our listeners. That's important. Yep. Yeah. So, and I, I think, yeah, there are some evergreen things, right. That, that need to be, that need to be done regardless of, of the size, but I want to point out a few key things that, that really can also be pretty ac- applicable to even your smaller contractors. Right. Um, you know, us, us big guys, are, you know, the larger contractors, we need the smaller contractors in market, right. It, they, they serve, they serve, uh, some of the population that that we can't or we don't, right? And and so it's important that they're successful because w- without them, um, without them, this whole ecosystem of HVAC doesn't necessarily survive at the way it survives today. Yeah. Um, however, I think 2023 has the opportunity, uh, depending on how things shape up economically, has the opportunity to be very very different than what we've experienced the last the last two years. Yep. Right? We've we've been in the last 24 months, we've really been um, fortunate that our industry has not been impacted from COVID. I think no one's going to argue that, that, um, you know, more people were at home. We had, you know, this is coming off of the previous recession, which then drove into additional housing markets being created, so on and so forth. So we had a lot of new construction that those systems were coming to maturity. We had the old cash for clunkers in the HVAC industry that was also around that time, right? So now that's coming to maturity at 10, 12 years. Um, the people at home, as I, I mentioned before, there, there were just a lot of things and cash being infused into market. There were a lot of things that really played in, in favor of, of, our, of the industries that we serve. And I think we need to be, be cognizant that those things may be coming to their maturity and that we need to be, we need to be prepared to, to be operating our businesses as if it was prior to 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 covid and and the other and the other economic influencers that, that came to maturity during that time so um where do i see that being a, a big opportunity folks i think regardless of size when you're talking about, about brand and marketing community man community community matters the people matter that you serve um i think that is always one regardless of size is always a smart smart play for us we may we may be interacting with the communities of different sizes across all of our coverage areas for smaller contractors that that community that you focus on and that niche that you're really serving serve that community well uh because there are really some small small costs but phenomenal return things you can be doing in in the community to just becoming being an ingrained member of it. Um, so so doing that Facebook still for smaller contractors, I always recommend 
you sure as hell better be better be involved on your personal Facebook, promoting your business, talking on community chatter groups, things of that nature, because those can be a gold mine for home services contractors, right? Absolutely. And, the, and it doesn't cost you a damn thing besides right. your time. That's right. Right. We're all on Facebook when we're not at work, right? Don't, <laughs> and half of us while we're at work. So let's let's not try to confuse that. Um, but I, I would say mix is going to be really, really important. Um, as an industry, and this is weird because both you and I are digital guys, right? Mm. That's that's kind of where we where we carved ourselves out uh, within the industry, uh, specifically early. Yep. Um, mix is going to be more and more important. I think as an industry, we did a poor job of over rotating to digital. If that makes sense, yeah. um, we got we got really addicted to oh hey I can see the results instantaneously I can I can I can get into my dashboard see those results and I think what we've done is we forgot about we forgot about top of mind awareness yeah. and that brand recall that that can that can really cause with the client um, so I think mix is going to be more and more important and your mix is going to vary by size um, because you'll flex in and out of top of mind awareness more or less depending on what size you are as a company. Um, but always be cognizant of, of what your mix looks like, right? How much are you investing in customer acquisition? How much in top of mind awareness? How much in pay for performance? How much in technology? Um, all the different tools, um, agency fees, things of that nature, where are your investments going? Um, and how are you making sure you have a healthy mix? So you're you're getting to people at different stages of the funnel. Got it. Makes- so, yeah. So I want to hit on a couple of things you said there. Yeah. Um, and, and, if you're listening and you're like, mix, what the hell is he talking about? He's talking about doing a mixture of, you know, whether it be branded effort, direct response effort, like free, like going on social pages and promoting yourself. Like there's a mixture of things you can do. And and, and I do agree. Thankfully it worked out for me being in the digital space is that right. um, it did go heavy the other way that pendulum swung and it was really, really great. Uh, but this is where a company like ours was successful because we understood the industry well before that pivot happened. Um, but I am a big believer and even though I do all things digital, I am a big believer in mix. Like branding is so incredibly important. And I think what foundation, absolutely. And what really exposed it was early on, early on when COVID hit and people freaked out, you know, like, and were hesitant and there was like, what's going on a lack of trust. This is where brand matters, right? Because if now I got to go and do something, I certainly want to do it with a brand I've heard because there's a like a feel good in that brand. Like I can, I can trust it. And yep, yep, I went to the site and they had, you know, the COVID protocols and all the booties and all the others, like the masks and all the things then, but mixture is so important. And by the way, this next year is going to be, I think, I mean, I'm, and I'm not saying it like, Oh my gosh, we got to watch out. There's still going to be plenty of volume, but brand is really going to show itself going into 2023. Yep. And you got time. And that's why we rolled this thing out before the end of the year. So that way, you, if you don't have something in place, plan for it. You know, got to have something, some sort of purpose behind that business too, besides just the service itself. And then you got to start putting it out there. And social is the easiest way, the easiest way to do it because oh, it's free. Right. Right. Um, and I think it, for us, right, in our business, what I've really hit on as we go, as we, you know, start implementing into 2023 is, even more so than ever, this is the year of trust, right? Building building that trust with the consumer, with the community, with the people that that you interact with on a daily basis, your team. Um, it's going to be more and more important because what's what's different with if we if we do 
enter more of an economic downturn. Um, what's different with this one than the prior one? The prior one you had the you had the housing market to blame, right? Subprime loans, all that, all that fun stuff. Yep. This one's a little bit different because, and I think we talked about this when we were at uh, Barty's event. Um, this one's a little bit different because they don't necessarily have that. So how's the consumer going to interact with that and engage with brands? I think they they don't necessarily have someone to necessarily blame for what they're experiencing personally, right? So, so does that blame then get reallocated and broadcast across the spectrum? That's why trust is going to become more and more important, in my opinion, and people may disagree, but in my opinion, trust is going to be huge in 2023. Yep, uh, 100% on board with you. And by the way, all that does is uh, better your branding. Like, you know how it is, what's branded versus yep. non-branded do for you. Yep. Um, yep. lower the cost, lower the cost per lead. So there's a lot Beautiful of, there's a lot of benefits to branding yourself, but you need to, you know, and, yeah. and, and if it seems like, oh man, that's a big uphill thing to do a brand name change, guess what? You're not alone. Um, uh, but right. I promise you there's actually a really big win on the other side of actually doing that. As long as you yep. find the right people to help you, so you're not doing something silly, you know, and like trying to figure right. it out all on your own, like use a professional to help you. There's some great companies out there that do branding. Um, one that we just pulled into the Rhino family. Ah, prolific brand design. How you doing? Shout out. <clears throat> um, but obviously my friend Dan Antonelli does a ton of branding stuff too, or there's some other, just make sure you, whatever it is, you, you if you do the rebrand, the one that it makes sense and it has a phenomenal purpose behind it, because if you lose the purpose, the point of the brand is going to be going to fall flat, especially yep. across your culture. But pay attention to branding. Now, now let's talk about this piece because some of those um, that, don't have a brand it's not just like it's fixed overnight right so you you have to do things to continue with demand and and you and i had a good conversation about this uh like last month or whatever i think when, um yep. yeah we were still down when we, when we were we were atlanta about lsa like yep. let's let's not even joke like lsa is fantastic and we need to yep. milk that sucker as long as we possibly can and even if it starts to go up a little bit and you and i both know it's going to it's still a great yep. lead and it's so low risk. It's really more of a, how can I get my budget to spend and, yeah. and bring in the volume? Cause there's a game to it and that whole management thing. But, um, you've, you, you and I, I think felt very similar about how to manage these LSA programs. And, and a lot of it is just managing it, trying things differently. Maybe yep. you don't dispute all the charges to see if one works better than the other. Like just trying all the different things to figure out how I can, how can I spend that budget because right. we're actually pulling lead volume. But what do you think from your perspective and your experience across all your guys' brands? And then of course, just being in this industry, what's the best way to manage these LSA programs for the best outcome? SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Um, yeah, so we have it, we have it set up a little bit um, uniquely, but again, a lot of it's because of the number of leads that, that come through for it, for us. Um, so we actually have someone internally that they do listen to all the leads because before we dispute something, we, we need to make sure that it hits the criteria of the dispute, right? right. Um, so this is someone that I personally sat down with and trained of, of hey, here are the here are the criteria in which it would qualify as a dispute. Um, 
so that we're making sure when Google listens to that call, it's not, oh, nope, denied because that really wasn't a, a dispute. It's you need to you need to make sure that it's it's backed up and 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 right. Um, so that you have a leg to stand on right. in case they they come back and say no. Um, the other side of it, we leave our budgets pretty, pretty wide open with it. Um, because we know we know we need a, a mass amount of, of business, but you can do some, you can make some movements there with budget. And I've seen companies that have had smaller budgets be successful. I've seen some that have it uncapped be successful. So I really do think it's I, you know, we keep ours uncapped because we want Google to know that hey, we're willing to spend literally as much money as <laughs> as you can possibly send us in days. We we will we will buy. I would personally call them and tell them that if if someone would answer. Um, <laughs> Good luck. Right, right. Um, but but that's huge. But response rate, I think, is is a big factor that that oftentimes gets overlooked um, because I think it's important. Google wants the people that they're sending you; they want to know they're taken care of because that means those people had a good experience with Google and will come back. Yep. It's the same with ads. Same with everything. Google's Google's job is to drive revenue, right? They they are a for profit business and they are proud of it. Yep. Uh, and they can be and they should be. What we need to do is understand that and make sure that that is that is what drives and shapes a lot of things that happen SEO SEM that that drive a lot of revenue for Google long term. Uh, we've got to make sure that we're 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 positioning it um, and taking care of the clients that they are sending us because that is a big that is a big factor in it. So I would say response rate have a very close eye on what that looks like. Use a tool if you don't have one that 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 shows you. Um, so on and so forth. Just just know that metric because I do believe that's a very important metric when it comes to Google local services. Gotcha. I'm gonna go ahead and add to that too. And um, I don't manage our LSA program, but one of the guys in here does. He was at ARS Rescue for like 10 years, and so I know he helped manage those campaigns for all those franchise locations. Right. Um, and he's now thankfully our vice president of digital strategies. He's solid. So that was like his jam. He knew it pretty well, and he was talking about how um, you. In, in here, usually once a month, we'll do this thing called Rhino U, where a different employee leads a different training session. Yep. So that way we can cross-train across all departments, and they can choose to be a part of it or not. And, it, and we were talking about LSA, and he was talking about how um, if you, even if you have a bunch of reviews, let's say you have one, uh, 2,250, yep. don't just sit and be okay with that amount of reviews. Keep getting no. the reviews because you, know, you still want to keep getting those things too. So it's not like, hey, it's been you know two months since you've gotten any reviews or a month since you've gotten like, – that's all part of the equation right. too is keep getting the reviews. And by the way, if this sounds like a lot because you're still riding in trucks and doing things like that, there's plenty of opportunities for companies to help you that are legit. Yeah. Like, you know, competitors of, of my, we do it, but competitors of mine that I consider friends also do a great job. Just you, there's mm -hmm. help. You you can find LSA yep. management too. I think our average cost per lead for like our HVAC guys is 42 bucks right now, which is fantastic. I'll take that we'll all, take day all day long until, and, all and day. even if it goes up, to 62, All day. guess what? I'm, I'm game for that too, whatever. But you have help out there. So even though it might sound like a lot to listen to those phone calls, and it is because you have to sit and listen to it and manage it, um, those who those who get it done, get it done right, and, and are responsive and are quick are the ones that typically will win that game. And by the way, even though like Matt's talking about opening up your budget wide open, um, that sounds good in theory too, but keep in mind you got to have staff to support that too. So worst of case scenario oh, yeah. is you can't go run the damn job because you don't have enough staff to support it. So. Don't leave the faucet on if the if the sink if the clog is in the or the the drain is clogged, right. man. Um, okay, so I'm gonna shift gears just a little bit. Thanks, man. Yep. I appreciate your perspective on totally. LSA. Is um, I like to have these conversations in, in presentations I'm giving um, regardless you know in regards to mobile versus yeah. desktop. Now, listeners, like this is important. 
the experience is different, right? From your phone to someone searching on their actual computer, right? Like sitting in the office like I do. Um, it used to be so where we were still, and I'm going to say used to, like saving pre-COVID where it was still a uh, desktop was winning that game over mobile. That's since shifted a significant amount to, I would even say a 60, 40, maybe that's a bit much. Maybe it's more, maybe it's not that, but it's going to be close. There's a bit of heavy shift to mobile. And again, all I'm doing is looking at overall statistics for all Rhino customers that are in the space. So, um, but that experience is different. And we typically will see a high number of people who were, you know, service and repair is comfortable using the cell phone. It's easier. But if you're going to go into like an actual, you're going to try and study, these companies to do an install because it's a bigger ticket item. You might go to your desktop where you can see it better. You can read the things better and things like that. And I still think that that's true, but by no means, because people hear people talk about a mobile first, first world, do you mm. ever forget that desktop's a thing? Cause it's still very much a thing yeah. when people using it and that experience matters. So, um, you know, do you have a, a max service group? Do you have different strategies for each of those? I mean, I know that we will, we will deploy different strategies for mobile and desktop from like, say the paid ad experience. Um, you know, is there anything that you guys are doing, um, for one versus the other? Like you think that you see any success with like, just like, so, so these guys can be thinking, you know, it's not just a one size fits all. Should they be thinking of, of doing or asking their agencies or their marketing managers to do, you know, is there one, what am I doing for one versus the other? Like, what are you guys doing? I think really when it comes down to a desktop versus mobile, I focus more on the, that conversation, I focus more around the conversion metrics. Um, you know, with, with mobile, I, I tend to agree. Those are, you need conversion top of mind right there, right? It is, when I use my phone, it's, oh shit, I need to get someone now or I will forget. So I need to be able to call them right now. So making sure I would say on the optimization side of it from a conversion rate perspective, making sure your your, your CTAs are at the top, your call to action. Yep. So make sure your phone number is readily readily available that they can just click on it and call you, reach out to you, the online scheduler, um, contact forms. I am a big fan of let's let's be available to any consumer in the way in which that they want to interact with us. Whether so we I'm, like I'm it or not. Right. I'm I'm not one of saying everything needs to be an online scheduler, everything needs to be a phone or or forms are dead. I forms still have one heck of a place here and Absolutely. have a great conversion rate for us. So um, but again, process process has to support that. Um, but I, I would say really on the mobile side, it, it's making sure that that they can connect with you quickly. Yeah, that's I, the biggest thing. Desktop, those are your learners, right? Those are your people that are wanting to educate themselves a little bit more that they may need a little bit more buy-in. Um, so make sure you're very strategic about how your how your homepage lays out, like how you go through from one step to another, right? You have you have you have a statement at the top, then you're going to go into your coupon so they know a way to to save money with you. You talk more about the company, you say what you do in the community, you know, how long you've been here, things of that nature. I think you need to be very strategic in that conversation as they scroll down through the website. 
again, making sure that it's easy for them to convert when they are ready to convert, because they usually someone there will be a trigger point, right? When someone's like, okay, I've learned enough, I trust them. Now I need now I'm ready to make a decision. So still making sure those cons the the conversion metrics are, are readily available and always following them down the page. Big fan of that, you know, sticky headers, anchored headers, whatever we want to call them. Yep. Um, I, I'm a big fan of because it's all about it's all about conversions at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, we've we've been uh, well, conversions is the keyword, right? Like that's when anybody asks Absolutely me what's the, when everybody asks me any anything, what's the most important metric to me? That's the most important metric is conversions because that's the one that means something. That's the one that actually can drive uh, opportunity for a business, which is the game that I'm in. I have to create a legit lead, a new customer. That's an yep. opportunity. I do that by paying attention to conversions. Yep. So and you, you can use that to measure the, like to, to, for coaching opportunities with different team members, whether SEO, PPC, there's lots of different things too. So I'm a big believer in that piece. So, but ultimately it comes down to this user experience. Like yep. you get on the phone, like we bill, I mean, the 700 like, contractors that we have, it's a lot of the websites that we build um, on the mobile side of it look fairly similar on purpose. Is right. that screen is only so big and I know where to put the buttons to get the conversions, yeah. you know, yeah. whether it's a drain cleaning lead or if it's a install, install lead, if somebody's looking for that, if there's a financing opportunity, like whatever it is, we learned it or put the buttons. So yes, it's on purpose, but the desktop might look a little bit different. Right. And, but there's yeah. still the same call to actions in there to help with conversions. But point being is you can take your, any unique brand, put those mm -hmm. same conversion tools on your desktop and mobile and be successful with it. So you got to yep. pay attention to that overall user experience. Um, so I'm going to take another segue into that because that is essentially like that site and those conversion tools are the foundation that we're building this thing on. But then how we're driving, you know, people into it is the other piece of this, you know, uh, other side of the coin. It's if we need to drive traffic into it, we're going to have to do some paid ads through, you know, through Google. If you have no branding, if you've not been doing SEO or if you SEO, if your search engine optimization hasn't been done well and you're not ranking very well, or if you don't even understand what the hell you've been paying for the whole time, like I get that. That's actually still very much a common problem Yep. Um, is where's, you know, there's what tools should I be looking at to see if it's successful or not? And, and I know you and I both have passion about this too. And ultimately it's, there are things you can use to see if it's successful or not, you know, regardless of what someone is telling you. Um, but before I give my opinion, <clears throat> you know, on it, um, I believe they're best served together if done, yeah. if done well, they're best served together. Absolutely. Um, but what are your overall thoughts on importance of just like, how are you, how would you measure success? Let's start with pay-per-click. So this is the paid ad side of it. Yep. How are you measuring success with your paid ads? Yeah. Paid ads, 100% return on ad spend. Yeah. Like, that's an easy one for me. That's what I say. It's what, what matters at the end of the day is the revenue. Now, Going back to my intro side of it, why I say that is because I am able to have influence over our our client care team, which is our, our call center team, also our dispatch team of what our goal, 100% capacity every day service over maintenance. We're able we're able to really control what that journey looks like uh, before it gets to the the operations, which will, then would trigger in the sales or the service team to to be able to serve them. So. There's a lot that we can do with that, and that is why I'm comfortable saying return on ad spend all day. Uh, but there are there are things that, that you can look on, and and I know a lot of companies will look will look at different different metrics, right? What's your what's your cost per call or cost per lead, whatever yep. we want to look at, opportunity, so on and so forth. Um, 
I'm not a big fan of looking at cost per click because there's a lot of ways of, of necessarily uh, that you can game that. Yep. And I think this industry has a, a bad habit of, of certain agencies um, overly talking about that as a, as a metric, as if it fucking converted into something. <laughs> as if it actually mattered. Um, right. Right. Um, but another one that I think is often overlooked is your impression share. Yeah. And really understanding where you play in the market. Yeah. Uh, because that, what people forget is when they look at impression share, that can allow you to think a lot more strategically about your campaigns and your spending, right? If you're into a time that, that you need more leads, right? We're in, we're in a shoulder season. Let's take a look at the impression share. Let's get more aggressive in our cost. We know that we're going to have uh, more favorable results from PPC during the you know, during your your peak seasons, because you're you're going to have certain contractors that are going to bail out because they're they're too capacity, right? right? You have certain contractors that are going to lose control or lose sight of how their their campaigns are performing. So that's another group that that are, would be exiting the picture in a way. Um, so that's your opportunity to really bolster a lot of your results, and your conversions are just stupid. And right when when. When, when it's the peak season, you're converting. Your business is running as well as it's going to run based on the set of principles and processes that you've set up yep. uh, for that business. So it when you get in your shoulder season, though, you can get a hell of a lot more aggressive. And that's the that's the fun. That's the fun time to me because that's when we can take the, you know, that's where you take the gloves off and you can start having some, com having more strategic conversations of getting more aggressive on things. Um, and really, really pushing to see how you can can continually push that capacity because you operations is one hundred percent key in what you and I do. Yeah. Right. Operations is is what will make us successful. Um, so a dialed in operations and getting them then to one hundred percent capacity is going to make us look like rock stars. <laughs> By right? the way, it's easy to look like a rock star in, in peak season. Right. <laughs> the right. shoulder season is where you find folks. out what you're made of. Right. Right. But, but it's, it's things like that when you're looking at your, your, your share of impressions that you're able to, to get in there of like, okay, there's still a lot of, there's a lot of impressions we can still be going after. Let's get more aggressive. Let's see, are, are we not, are our campaigns not optimized the way they should be? Are there additional opportunities to do that? Right. Um, to, to be able to improve your score within Google. Is there, is, are there things that you can do from a budget perspective to be able to drive more of that impression share to your, your business? That one I really like looking at into the shoulder seasons because I think it can it it, it creates it brings that competitive factor in for me. Yep. Of like, oh, oh, who's 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 getting some some more impressions or seeing that we're starting to see that creep up? Let's go get it. Yeah. Right. Well, you got um, you you have like you know something that's still common to this day. And mind you, I've been in this thing 15 years doing this for 15 years, and it's still a uh, you can launch a an internet marketing campaign. I don't care if your budget is a thousand dollars a day, $2,000 a day. Like it doesn't matter. You can have a huge budget. And when you first launch that thing, it might not spend, it might yep. not spend. So yep. if you're like, Hey, it's been two weeks. Well, I don't, you know, I don't control the, I don't control Google. So like, it is like, it. it's not for lack of me opening that up. It's just, it might not. There's some of these things that you go through but also yeah. I think people have a bad, a, a bad habit of, and, and actually we're a very agile company. So I, where mm. we, if someone reached out to us and said, Hey, you know, we really need to push drain cleaning leads. Like we can do that on the fly and we will do that on the yeah. fly. But if you 
call back two days later and try to make another adjustment, then another adjustment and another adjustment to the same type of campaign. Like it becomes disruptive yeah. and ends up impacting you negatively. Yeah. It's, it's impatience, but it's because once you go into the shoulder season, like the, yes, does demand go down? It does go down, but it does not go Absolutely. away. Right. So it does not go right. away. So what Matt's saying is you can step it up and be really aggressive in those seasons and you can get by. Now I will say this, like one thing that we learned early on, and I will definitely give some credit to Joe Huck for this is, and thankfully coming from Indiana where we built this thing is we have, there's the true four seasons. Yep. So I learned that there is a, a preseason install period that you can get to before it's actually in that peak season and, and, yep. and what triggers it. And the same thing with the postseason, both on in summer and in winter. Yep. So here in Arizona, it's a little bit different because basically it's like <laughs> summer and then, spring for for the longest time that's like yeah but so it is a little bit unique here but there is that that exists for install business and you might see that cost per lead go up for that new business but that's okay because you're pushing on install leads it is there i will say though there's usually like a little gap though in between those where you we are kind of hoping mother nature kicks in and helps a little bit and but we're all fighting for that Absolutely. But that's the fun part you're talking to because you're strategic and you get, you know, you understand a lot of these things. Um, that's where we get to have fun because we're trying different things, you know, trying to move these different needles to help these, you know, to help these guys. Yeah. But it, it's, it's, these are the type of conversations and the things that you'll do to be able to help your business grow. <laughs> you're going to be at a hundred percent capacity when it's peak season, right? That's not hard. But keeping your team at 100% capacity during what is what is ideally a slower season, and I'm not saying because you're understaffed, but because you hustle. Yeah, like there's there's a difference, right? And I, I could see I see an argument of if I'm saying, oh, hey, we're at 100% capacity every day. Someone's gonna be like, you don't have enough people. Yeah, it's like we weren't 100% capacity coming into that day, right? It was it was at that point we're we're deploying different technologies to be able to get people to 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 call in for for maintenance we're going to be working on moving around the schedule moving people up that maybe in the future working on getting parts in to be able to do parts calls as quickly as possible like there are a lot of things that we do to be able to make sure we get to that 100 percent capacity each day but that's that's our goal as marketers right yep but get you, them to 100 percent. that's you, what that's what our livelihoods are based around yeah and, and by the way like listeners this whole PPC pay-per-click thing is the, is a great lever to use. And, Absolutely. And for the different demand, whether it be install service, if it's strain cleaning, sump pumps, I don't care what, like there's different levers you can pull and use to your advantage. Again, mind you, like Matt's got the experience, but for those who are relying on their marketing companies, it's important that you pick one that actually understands the, the trades and how the consumer thinks about the trades, because yep. that's the game that we're in is, is basically we got to be psychologists to figure out how to overcome the objections before they're ever, ever even asked by the homeowner to get them to pick that particular contractor. Like that's the game that, that we're in, but you have that opportunity and it doesn't matter what size you are. It's an opportunity. Just don't pick the wrong person to manage it for you. You're going to learn real quick. You'll be the one that says I tried pay-per-click and I spent all this money and it never works. Hire good people, man. <laughs> and I'm going to just uh, make a, a segue into, into, um, SEO from there for the sake of time, because I think yeah. we're about 40 minutes into it, but I, I want to keep this super simple. Everyone always asks me, you know, with, when you say SEO, what does that, what does that mean? Um, at the end of the day, 
what we're trying to do is make that your website as relevant as possible. So whatever, how many pages that takes as relevant as possible to the homeowner that's searching for X, Y, Z, AC repair, Noblesville. Let's make sure we have a page about AC repair in Noblesville. All right. There's other factors. I'm just kind of giving you it at simplest form. Like it's content, like and in as close, closely matched content as we can possibly get to what's being searched. And um, we want that site to perform. So it's fast yeah. and all these things because speed is a necessity. You heard Matt say that. But yep. there's all these factors that go into it. But but I would say at its simplest form, I think somebody asked us the same question in, in Atlanta, Matt. And we were talking about these rent like a simple ranking report, right? Um, where if you wanted to look month over month to find out, hey, where do I now rank for um, you know, AC repair near me in your market or whatever it is, you should yep. be able to see where you ranked at month yeah. over month. Like Absolutely. at its simplest form, you should be able to at least see that. So here at Rhino, like there's no secret sauce that goes into, I tell you what, if there's secret sauce, it's just called working your ass off on it. Like it's right. labor. It's what it comes down to. Yes. That team is like 13 of them on our SEO team and they're never short of work. I feel like we can never hire enough to keep them busy because there's these, th these boxes that have to be checked every single month to accomplish the best outcome. Yep. Like there's no way around it, but that's how you end up winning the game is you got to be willing to do the things that might be only worth 2%. Yep. And so that's how you can do these things. But at its simplest form, you can look at the ranking reports, but yep. you can also start to throw tracking numbers in there to also see what they're producing. Oh, and, and the people will say, well, yeah, then if I do that, they searched my name. Well, guess what? You can take out branded and non-branded too. It's very simple. When you ask the question, Hey, are you an existing customer? <laughs> and they say, right, nope. Right. You start to figure a few things out. Like, is right. it perfect? No, but it's pretty darn close. If you ask when you, when you have somebody who can listen well, to that. Let's not overcomplicate things either. A hundred percent. We love to do that. As marketers, <laughs> we will naturally overcomplicate everything that we touch. <laughs> and we do it really well. Well, yeah. I mean, but we get over when when we're sitting here doing nothing and there's a truck that costs a lot of money sitting there doing nothing. That's what we start yeah. to do. Yeah. We start to overthink things, you know, and it's not necessarily coming from a bad place. It's just what we do. Um, all right. But at its simplest form, if you have a marketing agency, ask them to show you all the different keywords that they're tracking for you. And you look at it yeah. month over month to see, are you increasing or decreasing? And then you can maybe ask some questions from there, because even if you see it like drop a few times, don't get paranoid. If it drops a few positions, it might go back up four the next time around the next time it runs the following month. But if there's big drops, big dips, then yep. you can maybe ask more questions. If not, or ask Matt. That's what everybody else does. Just reach out to Matt. I'll share his information right. at the end. <laughs> at the end. I'll um, probably answer. It's all right. <laughs> that's what I love. We're all here to man. help. I'm going to roll into this, and I'm I'm really curious for you because um about how this next one is for you, and and it's a good you know I like people to listen to this and actually have like an idea. You may be disappointed in my answer here, but we'll because you're going to give me a general answer. I know it. Um, no. Okay. Even worse. Oh God. Okay. So then if you're going to, okay, let's just go into it. So this is a great lead in. Um, mm -hmm. I just had this conversation this morning with one of our big, big players who was looking to go somewhere up into the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> and he was asking me questions. Uh, he or she was asking me questions. <laughs> um, and, and it kind of made me think about, you know, this particular uh, question because I get asked it so often. Um, and we try to avoid it, right? Because mm -hmm. you don't want somebody to hear one thing and that be their expectation when it might not be the same to them because there's factors that play into it. But the question is around this average cost per booked calls. People might call it cost per acquisition. 
They might call whatever. To me, the average cost per booked call varies from service mm-hmm. and location yeah. and branding. There's factors that go into this thing, but what do you guys look at? Like, and I, I know you, can, I don't know what your answer is going to be. I'm cool with ballpark, man. Yeah. And listeners, this is just to give you an idea what an average cost per booked call is. So at max, what are you looking at to get to that number? And can you share kind of what you look at when you say, Hey, this team is not getting her done. Like something's off here. Yep. So I, I don't like, that's why I'm saying that, that it's going to be a disappointing answer. And, but let me explain why I don't want to come across as irresponsible. Um, Because, because of how my position is defined here and how I, how I integrate with some of the different teams, um, that is really why I do not look at, at the booked call from that perspective. I am a, an avid believer of looking in the return on ad spend, which is the ultimate revenue that comes in uh, through the channel. The teams that I'm responsible for, I control what their conversion metrics are, right? From the, the dispatch team, it's what we're seeing from an average call perspective, from revenue per average call. It's looking at on the, for the client care team, abandon rate, because I know if they follow our process and and our scripting, that that they are going to be put into a good a good chance of success uh, from a conversion rate perspective. And then when I when I'm talking to my marketing team, uh, I'm I'm talking about KPIs that are important to what they offer because I know if everyone has a distinct focus on what they can influence, at the end of the day, it's going to drive down to the return on ad spend, which is what I'm ultimately responsible for within the company because it's going to come down to of how much revenue am I driving for every dollar that that we that we put into the market, and that's that's going to that's going to range depending on how aggressive I'm going to get from a marketing perspective. That may go down to a return on ad spend of five. It may go up to 13. Who knows, depending on, on how aggressive I need to be able to do be to support the business and us hitting our hitting our revenue goals and ultimately seeing that drive down to the EBITDA, right? Because if we've if we've already hit our if we've already hit our bottom line goal for the month. I can get a hell of a lot more aggressive on the marketing side of things to go just capture business. Yeah. Because that, because the more and more that revenue is going to be taken to the bottom line that it almost, I say almost doesn't matter how much I spend on marketing because as long as it's bringing responsible results to the organization, it's going to have a profound impact on, on what we're able to achieve from a revenue perspective. So um, I'm sorry to disappoint on, on not having the specific number for it. Oh, I can look it up. I'm, can pull service time report and easily have it. <laughs> but I guess my management style is a little bit different in regards to, I know what I'm responsible for and I know the key triggers and what we need to achieve in the different departments to get it there. Um, and then we have the conversation of, and then we have the conversation if the, if their KPIs start to drop accordingly. Yeah. So, um, and I'm okay with that answer because of the position in, that you're in the seat that you're in with all the things that you guys have done from the brain, all those mm-hmm. things, I can understand why you look on the return on ad spend. So, cause that's gonna, that's gonna be your one metric that allows you to know something's yep. off. Gotcha. Or which way to go with it. And um, it's why SEO is so important. Just shout out to SEO. Still one of my favorite things to work on. <laughs> I like that. I, me too. Um, I will say that to our listeners. So you don't feel like, Oh, I thought I had something. Um, there's certainly, I'm Matt's not saying he's not willing to share those things or at least give you some guidance, but it does matter based on the particular service that you are offering the um, market that you're in brand equity absolutely matters in that number too. There's things that are going, that are going to impact you, but here's one thing. If you're using like service Titan or house or whatever your field management software is, 
you can find that information. Like um, you can get that type of stuff. So at least you have an idea of what it is. Ask the marketing company for it and then they'll measure it month over month for you too. If you'd like to do that. Um, so, at, you know, at Rhino, we have our Rhino tracks report, which pulls in service Titan, pulls in house call pro, whatever. So you can see the return on ad ad spend for new business and overall business in there, but you could drill down and figure out what your cost per booked call is. The cool thing I love about that is you might just find that maybe that cost per book call could be a little bit better because you're noticing some CSR deficiencies that you could fix. Right. Well, and, and I want to be clear. It's like any metric that you're tracking, I'm not a big fan of a comparing, you know, company to company. I wouldn't even compare. I wouldn't even talk to some of our, our competitors in our markets. If I'm, if I'm having lunch, lunch with someone and just shooting shit or whatever. And you know, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even do that because there are so many variables that can come into play that I may say something that gives them really bad advice, yeah. right? They may make a decision that ultimately they need to be, they need to be looking in their business, their, their campaign performance, because the variables are just, are, are just stupid yeah. in, in what we do it does. Uh, on what, what could, what could come into play. I mean, you just mentioned some of the major ones of just location, the seasonality that you're currently in, um, how aggressive you're being from a marketing perspective. There's so much that could come in. And, and I'd, I'd really, I'd really be hesitant of me wanting to share our book called because that could, that could drive some, that could drive some potentially bad, bad decision-making our goal. If, if there's one thing that people take away from this um, besides the last question, um, <laughs> if there's one thing that people took away from this is just measure your month over month improvement and what you're seeing, right? You're, you're competing with yourself. All of us, our competitor is ourself. Internalize that, understand that and own that, right? No excuses when you're competing against yourself. That's right. So, so, so make sure that you're tracking those key KPIs and just look for month over month improvement, yeah. right? Let, and, and be consistent in how you're measuring it, what you're measuring it. Don't try to change your KPIs every month because you're gonna, you're not gonna be able to see the progress that you're seeing and make strategic business business decisions. So, uh, just really, really, I guess, focus, right? Right? Just, just focus and really understand those and, and just see how you're seeing the the improvements. And the same with keywords, right? Um, a, you do need to know like what kind of traffic you could expect from those keywords, but really understand it and just look at it month over month and understand what momentum you're seeing. Because again, marketing is momentum. Yeah. And, um, I think one thing that you, you kind of said in there is in a roundabout way is, um, you know what your numbers need to be to make you successful, um, mm -hmm. based on your business and the size yep. of your business and all the variables within your, on, you, if you just check the numbers month over month. And you can see what your return on ad spend is, which you should be able to with any field management software, even if you got QuickBooks, whatever it is, anywhere you're storing customer yep. data, you can actually, yep. you can pull that. So you got no excuse. Um, but then make those decisions, you know, but then at least you've got a number to hold whomever it is accountable and yourself included, by the way, that's listening because yep. you got some skin in that game too, with how you're performing operationally. And that's on you if you're an owner or, or a manager or leader, or whatever in your business. So Use those tools that way. I love asking that uh, asking that question mainly because I hate getting asked that question for the exact same reason. Is again, you could say ballpark all day long, but it still doesn't mean anything. Which is when I think people get frustrated. It's like, why can't you just give me the number? Because it's not that simple. There's nothing to hide. It's just I know if I give you a number, it's mm. not going to be. I don't know you oh you enough about your business to know well enough yeah. on what that means to you because you I might really throw you off and make a decision that's the wrong way. Now, the difference for me is that we have so many different customers mm -hmm. across all over that I have a pretty good idea of what it should be. 
Yeah. Um, and I still hesitate because you just never want to throw that number out there because that's all they're going to hear. <laughs> right. You know, markets are different, man. Even the markets that we serve are drastically different. Louisville's going to perform and act totally different than our Indianapolis market. Yeah. And they're not even only two hours apart. Two hours apart, but there's a river. There's a river. That river did something. <laughs> it's all that <laughs> Kentucky. Like, listen, Kentucky's got good bourbon. A really good bourbon. Very, very good at bourbon. <laughs> Love bourbon. I'm going to ask this next question, and then we're going to segue to the end, which is the last question. It's going to be my favorite question to ask you. Um, but this one, I want to just keep it simple, Matt. And it's around social media. And we've kind of noticed, that, you know, we, we, well, me and probably anybody else listening who's paying for social media noticed a nice little shift in there. It's because there's a lot of variables that happened in there that made it harder for us as digital marketing companies. But so much harder. Um, I will say this, that um, my opinion uh, I'll share it first because I know you'll share yours regardless of what mine is, is social media, should you do it, should you not do it? The answer is yes, um, but maybe it's not paid social. Maybe mm -hmm. it's just you push using your free tools, getting in the groups, or getting in, you know, going onto the social platforms, the next doors, the local, you know, like the local social platforms where you kind of go in and have someone help promote yourself. Like in my community where I live, there's like a community page in Facebook. And by the way, somebody makes one post on there about whom to use, guess what, game over. So own that backyard and some of those social spaces now, you know, yep. um, but I do believe that this is my opinion and, and straight lead gen, like, can you use social media for lead gen using paid advertising? You can, but you cannot go into it with that mindset that, that I, I genuinely believe it is a dual branded slash lead gen yep. effort. If you go into it with the right mindset, and you get some leads from it, you will get some leads from it, but you got to also go in with the understanding that branding is playing into that as well. And branding yep. comes at a higher cost per lead. Right. Um, so yep. my two cents is I think it's valuable to do because it puts you, it's, you talk about the mix, it puts you in front of people and you can pull business from it, but you have to be of the right mindset of like, this isn't going to be the same cost per lead as an LSA program. Yeah. Uh, yeah, social media marketing. Absolutely. That's why I have someone like we have a team member that all she does is social media and community involvement. Um, because that's, because that's important. Um, we do ads, we do ads when there may be a valley and lead opportunities, right. Where we need to, where we need to tap into some of those because they are, they can be lower quality lead, lead sources, but, right. but it's a legit lead gen. Um, but what we spend more money on are boosting, boosting things about the company, yeah. right? We're not, we're not posting about the products or services we offer most generally uh, because no one really cares. Nope. Um, they, they care about us, right? They're, they're trying to figure out who the humans are that they're interacting with or, or about to invite into their home. They want to know who they are. They want to know, know how they're involved. So, most of our boosted posts, aside from a small part of the year, when we do go into to some of the more Legion-ish type type programs, um, is really geared towards boosting posts about what we're doing in the community, who we're serving, where, you know, story of, you know, team members, what they're doing, how they're helping out, this or that. That is that is who we are. We want to build that. We want to build that brand of trust and understanding, and that we're going to come into the home and we're going to educate on, on on how to be able to help uh, you achieve your goals, your comfort goals, right? And um, and provide options. That's those 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 are the things that we talk about. It, it's really it's it's not salesy. We're not talking about the equipment that we that we. Um, the types of equipment we offer or anything of that nature. It's, it's talking no about us. No one We're cares. people. I mean, I'm, I say that like 
I'll argue that all day long. No one, the majority, really don't necessarily care about the type of equipment that you're using because they don't understand the differences anyhow. Right. But they, it's you. It's you. So right. that social media is kind of like the window into your business. It shows them what you're about, like your purpose or your why or who you are and your involvement yeah. in the community. And by the way, that is a powerful tool if you're consistent with it and you're showing those things. Um, right. You know, us as a business as well, like Rhino, we don't post like, hey, sign, you know, sign up today or like, hey, like we, we don't do that because it's not the tool for it. Right. Um, well, instead, what we do is show what we're about, because then if somebody is trying to understand, do I work with this company or not? Because I've heard some things that I, I've about them. They can go and kind of see who we really are. Yep. Um, because yeah. all of it, and it's even same for like TV, TV and, and really the majority of our radio spots even now. Um, so much of them are are more about the soft skills yeah. than anything. Right. Yeah. And, and really building that relationship with the community, because that is that is what's going to to be able to position us in a in a in a, a more favorable position when someone does need the services because they know who we are, right? There's a relationship there. And I think when, when there's a tangible or when the emotions aren't tangible, so that was bad to say, but when there's <laughs> that emotion that they can call to and that they can then, you know, trigger that brand recall, that's going to be incredibly powerful. And, and we're all here to serve. Yeah, That's what we do. We offer a service. We don't offer products. We offer service. And, um, I think that's really where where people can get confused, and we spend tens of thousands of dollars a year telling our story um, on on social on Facebook alone, um, because because it's important that people hear it. Organic posting from a business perspective, that's pretty much dead. Yeah. Um, you you can't you can't expect to do a business post and for thousands of people to see it because it gets lost in the mix, lost yeah. in the shuffle, and it doesn't generate Facebook yeah. revenue. Yeah. So they're going to not show you <laughs> up. But I do want to say for the smaller contractors, as you alluded to, and we talked about earlier, it's it's that being involved with your personal page, that is that is incredibly valuable. And I would highly recommend that, especially for, for companies starting out, just getting involved in some of those community pages, posting, posting on your own profile, talking about the business, creating that reason why people want to do business with you is going to be an incredibly powerful tool for you. And that's going to be one hell of a lead gen to start out your business. Bingo. There you go. That's easy. You, you, um, you said something that is, was made for a great segue into my last question. And, and, you know, I think that all these things to build, you know, to build your business that we have in this like digital world that you and I love and all these tools that we have and, um, at our disposal that people didn't even have 20 years ago to use to help build their businesses. Um, behind it all, there needs to be a greater purpose of it. I mean, we can't just be air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electrical, whatever it is. And, um, and that really comes through in these social platforms too, to kind of show what you're about. If it's legit, if the intent oh, is sure. legit real and someone will ask me, you know, like I, I have a, um, a set giving fund that I do every year and essentially just, mm -hmm. just make the donation, the actual cash donation. But I also have the, uh, this every month, a uh, service day. I want to actually go and be there in person and, and get that experience too, because I believe it's more than just, you know, writing a check to somebody you need to, to kind of go and experience it together and kind of feed your soul a little bit that way. Um, and every rhino has that every one day, every month I yep. cover, we cover their costs. Um, but the point being is it's because our intent is much bigger than I'm a digital marketing company. Yes. Um, but that is what we offer. That's not necessarily yep. who we are. Um, 
we are a company that helps build other companies. Like that's our sole purpose. Like our mission statement is we exist to grow your business period, but we got to do it by genuinely caring about you giving out things on this podcast, bringing on people who are smart, who've done these things, who can share and do all those things. And then when you post it on social media, it is a way to encourage others to go and do the same thing. And it's done exactly that. So I'm proud of those things, but we're not bragging on what you're doing. You know, it's not like the guy who's like, Hey, I just made a $1,500 donation. We don't do that type of shit. But it's like, I do that because I want to do those things. I just prefer to do it in private. I don't need to let everybody know what I'm spending. You know, I don't know what my own budget is, but, but by our actions mm-hmm. speak loud. And that's what you can do as like you listening. There's, you have zero reason that you can't go and go to any community and get involved. You want to, you want to get some free branding, find the next parade that's coming and go tow a float, you know, offer, take a couple of your trucks and tow a float. Get involved with these little youth sport things and don't just say, here you go. Here's my $250 check and do like do something with it. Like get involved with those things. If you legit care about community. And by the way, if you do it that way, your brand will, will benefit from those things. But you talk about kind of being, um, because I know your heart, I know who you are as a human being. You talk about being agile, creative, showing humanity. Like I heard to someone of your um, episodes, I believe it was with, yeah, with Jackie on Service mm-hmm. Titan to yep. explain to our listeners. And this is how we're going to close this thing out. Can you believe we're like already just over an hour into this thing? <laughs> right. We could go. Well, this Talk is for a couple days. Yeah, dude, this was like our this was like our our lunch or dinner before we flew out of Atlanta. To like right. same thing. I'm like, oh shit, we got to go. Um, but just tell, what are you talking about there? Like maybe share with the listeners on this piece of it too. So, um, so that they know where you're coming from when we, so you start talking about showing humanity. Yeah. So the agile, I think, I think that kind of speaks for itself. We've got, we've got to move quickly as marketers, as, as business people, things change consistently, specifically in the business set that we, we currently live in, right? That environment is different. Yep. We've got to move quick. We've got to make decisions quickly. That's, you know, we've, we have used agencies in the past. We've, we've recently, because of our size, we've brought that role internal. We brought most of the roles internally uh, because again, I, I thrive on that, but you've got to have the right team members to be, I do want to preface that you have to right, have the right team members to do that in experience levels and so on and so forth. Um, but it, that, that was born out of a desire to be more agile. And, and be more more quick and, and responsive. And you kind of alluded to it as, as that's one thing your team prides themselves in is, is being able to react and act quickly for your clients. And, and that's just absolutely critical. Um, okay. So that kind of explains that one. Sorry, you were going to say <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I was just going to say, yeah, perfect. So because you have to be that way, like you can't, I mean, this is how you get passed up too, right? You got to be able to make and pivot and make decisions and make changes and things like that too. But you don't want to put the wrong person in that wrong seat. It's actually going to take you the opposite direction. No, no, that would, that'd suck. Um, so <laughs> the creative side of it, you know, we just got always constantly challenging the norm, right? I, you know, some of the, the posters that I have in my office is think bigger. We've always done it this way. The most dangerous phrase in business. Yep. And it, it, the riskiest thing is to take no risks, right? Those are the three posters that I have that, that sit by me every day as I, as I work. And, and those, they're very strategic because all of those three things are very important and three things that really burden this industry more than anything, not thinking big, big enough, really, then also not taking risks, but then saying, Hey, this is how we've always done it. And we've always got to be challenging the norm and being creative in that. And sometimes being creative is being simpler, right? Being creative doesn't mean it has to be more difficult. Being creative may bring simplicity. You look at our billboards, it's literally max our character waving and our logo. <laughs> because I want people to have a good feeling when they when they drive by it. Like they have this 
nice old dude waving at you and a logo and that's it that's it i don't i don't want i don't want to try to sell them a service or anything of that nature i just want them to feel good about our brand that's it and so creative can be simplicity so keep that in mind when you're when you're going down that route and then my last part that i'm probably most passionate about is the humanity portion of it man we we serve we serve and we serve well. That is what that is what we're on this earth to do. That is that is our job as human beings is to serve one another and do it genuinely and with an open heart. Um, and, and that's something that we need to make sure we're continually focusing on in our businesses. Yes, we are for-profit businesses, absolutely, but we do that for a reason. And, you know, part of that reason needs to be how we serve the community that lets us in their homes every day. And that's something I think we we can lose sight of as a home service business because we get so busy, we get so focused on other things. There are a lot of distractions in this space. But at the end of the day, there are homeowners every day making the conscious decision to let our team into their home because they trust us yep. and they know we're going to serve and serve them well. And, and we need to take that responsibility seriously and figure out how ways we can give back to the community. One of, I think one thing that struck me because we've, we've always done donations, similar thing, we've hundreds of thousands of dollars. We give back to the communities every year. And um, one thing that always struck me was we never, we never talked about it. And I, and I felt when I first started here, I was like, yeah, that would feel weird to, to talk about it. But I would say what changed my mind. We were we were meeting with Outreach, a local um, organization here that that works with with kids that are that are essentially homeless or in bad situations, uh, and, and focus on the youth. And it, they said in a meeting, we need you talking about it. Yep. Because you are our marketing arm. Yeah, you create they awareness. Don't have, they don't have the marketing budget. <clears throat> So what do we do? Like each month in each location, we choose a charity that is local. It has to be local. We don't we don't do necessarily a big national charity or anything of that nature organization. Yep, local same. charity that we know the dollars are going to go back in and we give them $1,500. But what we do is we set it up as a match program. And so what we're talking about on social media is, hey, we want to tell you the story about this amazing organization. And here's how you can help contribute. Because we don't want to give them five. We don't want to give them $1,500. We want them to get $3,000. And we expand upon that. And that's aside from all the organizations we support, all of the, you know, it's literally hundreds of thousands of dollars because that is so critical to us as, as a company. And that's that's a that's a strategic business decision that we make every year is is how can we how can we be more involved in the community and and do it genuinely and and really <clears throat> let them know that we care. Nothing warms my heart more than when I go on to one of the chatter pages and someone's asking, hey you have an HVAC company and someone's like, Hey, reach out to Williams comfort air. They do amazing things for the community. And like, it literally makes me just it <laughs> makes me emotional because it's like, people see it, people see it. And it's not what, it's not the recognition we got, but I know that the charity that we were supporting or the organization we were supporting, they got credit for that. Yeah. And that's, that's the impactful side that we have to think about is we're, it's not, it's not about us. You can't go in it as it's about you. It's about the organization you're supporting. It's the community you support and do it and do it genuinely. And I'm telling you, this will, this as a marketing strategy, if you want to put it in marketing, whatever it works Yeah, because you're creating an emotional tie to a consumer that is genuine. It's not something that they're getting an emotional tag. Like, mm, I don't know if you're really approaching this from a genuine way. Um, it's creating something that is meaningful. And, and I, I highly encourage, I think it's our job as 
as companies to be good stewards of our clients' money and things that they've entrusted us with. And, and part of that is is giving back to the to the local community, making sure that do- those dollars are getting to the people in the local community that need it. That's servanthood, man. Like, I love that piece of it right there, too. Cause, and this is where, like I said, I think you and me are, are so much alike. Is, I mean, if you think about we send everybody, every employee, one Friday a month to go and serve somewhere instead mm-hmm. of actually work to get something done for our customers. But the reason is, is it's not about the money, the revenue. It's about you gotta, you have to continue to give back. And when people give back together, it does something different to your culture. And that, so not only are you getting to give back to the community in a big way, you're giving back to the employees in a big way. And then guess what? These guys will go and do it on their own. Like they'll go and do it on their own. They'll bring their, invite their friends and go do things like that too. But even if you don't have a dollar that you can donate, I know that sounds silly, but I'm not, I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone. You can donate time. I promise yeah. you that. And, and, and that is impactful. And the same thing, I don't mind sharing those stories because I know what it's done for those organizations. That's why we do it because at at bare minimum, as long as your intent is good, you're fine. You'd be just fine. As long as your intent is good, you are just fine and you, and you'll be all right. Life verse Galatians six, nine, man. That's your verse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just give, give back, serve, serve and serve. Well, love it, man. Well, listen, I'm grateful that you and I have known each other this long, man. We've been in this game together a long time. This is a pretty cool, like, you know, moment for us to be able to meet, meet all these years later, be able to share your message, the things that you've done on this podcast or the things that we've accomplished here, like together. It's pretty awesome. You're going to have a decent chunk of people who hear this for you. I was hands down. I know you're going to get people reach out to you. And so I want, I wanted to give them the opportunity to, to connect with you. So to close this thing, if you wouldn't mind sharing, man, just what your best contact info is for them. Um, that'd be great. Yeah, this this gets risky. Don't sign me up for spam lists. Uh, no, so email, e- best email to reach out to me is just matt.tyner, T-Y-N-E-R, um, at maxservicegroup.com. Uh, and feel free, if you if you got questions, reach out to me. I'm in all the social media channels, LinkedIn, so on and so forth. You can find me with Max Service Group. Uh, and if you do have questions or you just want to give me a call, whatever, here's my cell phone, 765-635-5362. I'm... I'm I may text, please, because cell phone, <laughs> if I don't have you in here, you're getting ignored. But text me, and we'll set up a time to to chat. That's very cool. Actually, um, I at Rhino X this year, not this year, the next Rhino X, um, this is how I, I have Howard Bihar, who's former president of Starbucks. Him and Howard yeah. Schultz one built this thing up to be this international sensation that it is. The way I was able to reach out to him was my wife, Anna, was listening to a, a podcast with Ed Milet and Ed Milet's a podcaster. She listens to on the way up to the cabin and, and Howard Bihar left his cell phone number. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So I was like, Anna, take the number down. And, and I text him. He texts me back like five minutes later. That's how I was able to get him onto the podcast. And then from there I was able to develop a relationship with him. And he's like, talk about servant leadership, man. He does a phenomenal uh, speech on that because they said, it, the whole like thing around Starbucks was it wasn't about the coffee. It was about the culture. The culture built the coffee. It, it was a, it was a cool thing. And so I'm so excited for him to come be a part of Rhino X and talk about how they scaled that business um, in that way. So dude, I appreciate you so much for being on here, man. Dude, this was great. Did you have fun? This is fun. Come on, man. This is great. This is fun. Well, I'm going to do it again. 
Uh, we will. I'm going to close this thing out with a, uh, with like I always do with, with the review. And this one is from Wired Electric in Myrtle Beach. So this is the first time that I don't actually have like a name other than that. And this could have been totally my fault because I did this myself. <laughs> but whoever, <laughs> Wired Electric, there you go, Myrtle Beach. I love Myrtle Beach. Five stars. Uh, it says tons of content. Love listening to you guys. You have top notch contractors and companies on here and giving so many free nuggets. Thank you. Um, well, thank you, Wired Electric. I hope you're having a great year. Um, but listen, if any of you guys listen to this podcast too, you love some of the stuff that Matt said, please leave a review for him. Um, and then we'll take it and we'll share it with him too. Obviously they love to hear that feedback as well. That's kind of what fills our cup. Um, so please do those things. We are, we always love reading the reviews on this thing, but again, Matt, I appreciate you so much. Congrats on all the success that you've had. I know that you're just, you know, you're not done yet, man. I know you got, uh, still got some climbing to do that you're excited about. I'm no different, but I appreciate you coming on here and sharing brother. I'm excited to kind of see, or hear from you after it airs on uh, the inbox and the text Absolutely. messages that you get. <laughs> right. Right. Cool. Well, listeners, he gave you a lot of information in there too. I remember he said return on ad spend that works for him may not work for you right now, but I promise you it's a metric you should be paying attention to regardless. If you don't know how to do it, ask and you don't have to do everything, but you got to do something. No zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, Here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.